All right, we are recording. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast. Today we have a familiar face, uh, Mr. Adam Bartusik, a good friend of mine, uh, living it up over there in good old Minnesota. So we're going to get Adam on here because he's been chasing a lot of stuff recently uh, with his media business. That if you have listened to recent podcasts, Adam, he has Bartusik Media Management where he does some stuff with uh, different anglers, um, different projects for companies. And now he's taken on the Classic Bass Champions Tour, uh, which is pretty freaking awesome. So we're going to talk to him about that, talking about a couple other things that I think are really interesting. And I think that we haven't uh, gone in further depth of prior, but we're going to get him on here. We're waiting for him to join in the queue. Um, we're doing this. It's like a late night show for us. For me, it, it is almost 10 p.m. We're getting him on here, and uh, we're going to chat it up, see what he's doing, take some of his uh, Xbox Call of Duty time <laughs> away from him and talk some fishing. So before we do, huge shout-out to Douglas Outdoors. Thank you guys for your constant support of the Serious Angler podcast. Greatly appreciate it. Monday Night Live, guys, uh, this coming Monday is practically going to be a Douglas show. It's going to be myself with Andrew, who are both Douglas uh, – I'm a Douglas rep. Andrew is on the Douglas team. And we have Mr. Garrett Paquette, who is one of the biggest names with Douglas. We're going to get him on here for a Monday Night Live podcast, so it's going to be pretty sweet. Um, we got some pretty cool stuff coming up as well with Queen. Uh, Queen Tackle's got some some pretty cool things coming up for 2021. So it's going to be pretty sweet to see what they can come up with. I've been talking with Jeff Queen and his son, the owners, uh, and they have they're constantly, constantly just brainstorming these ideas that. Um, I'm just really excited to see them getting put in the works. Um, if you guys, especially if you're Northerners, I know I do have a bunch of friends on here that do listen to the podcast. Uh, check out the Finesse Football Jig. Uh, it is something that I've been using in my arsenal quite so, quite a bit. Um, so check them out. You can use uh, code SeriousAngler20 at checkout. Save yourself 20% off. But without further ado, and right on time, perfect timing, my good buddy here, Mr. Adam Bartusik. What's going on, man? What's going on, dude? I've been a while. Uh, really? When was the last time I was on? I want to say it was like uh, in the it was right before the Northern Swing, wasn't it? Yeah, so I think it was in the episodes in the 90s. Hold on. Let's scroll way back here because I actually have it pulled up. It would have been right before the Northern Swing because I remember saying that Seth Fighter was going to be really hard to beat on Champlain. Episode 101. So that was seven weeks 21 ago. 21 episodes again. Yeah. Seven weeks ago. So it was, it's not that long. Almost two months. No, not like the gap between then and before, but still, <laughs> yeah. like this is like the fourth time this year we're killing it. Yeah, dude. I think Rich commented on the Facebook post today and said that you are the most popular guest on the show. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll come on and chat whenever. So yeah, it's Rich always, is, always fine with me. Rich is a little salty. Yeah, well, Rich just Rich wants to be everywhere. So, <laughs> Rich has been killing it, though. No, He's Rich has been uh, honestly out of anyone, probably I would say that uh, has benefited the most from what has been going on. And I don't know, he might have just had this plan the whole time without this going on. But Rich has been killing it. He's been doing really good. Um, he started the Corona. He did it. On yeah, I think he actually planted it. It's Rich's fault. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I see that Triton shirt there. You got something in the works or what? No, I've just had this. Oh, I just okay. got it when I got my boat. 
I don't know if I'm um, gonna sneak up on you. No, it's just a comfy <laughs> sweatshirt. Um, no, I don't have any boat deals. I work with. I just work with Intune Marine when when I can. Uh, but yeah, did Sam dropping bombs on us tonight? Yeah, I haven't even watched the video. He's not selling his Vexus. I know that. So he's not, or he isn't, or he is. I don't think he is. I'm pretty sure that video is about his old <laughs> Ranger that he sold. Oh. So it, it was his dream boat, but he's just using clickbait. So oh, he said he said white lightning is for sale. No, he he's just using an old. He's just doing dumb YouTube stuff. <laughs> he does that stuff all the time. It drives me nuts. I'm gonna have to go back to the video and. Call I'm ninety percent sure it's just a video that includes his old red rocket getting sold to his neighbor Joe. And then uh, doing a little fishing with B Rock. Yeah, some random stuff, basically. Yeah. That's fun. Well, dude, you've had a pretty eventful past couple of months. Yeah, I actually, um, yeah, I uh, I bought groceries for the first time in a month and a half, and that is because people were like, "What? You lasted that long?" It's like, no, I wasn't home for more than two nights in a row for about a month and a half. Um, so it just uh, it never made sense because everything go bad. So. And just grab yeah. something or swing into the grocery store and get something. But yeah, so like making a grocery trip was pretty cool. That was pretty sweet. Uh, and I'm still going <laughs> to be gone the next three weekends, but I'm at least going to be home for like four or five days during the week. Well, there you go. Yeah. So what's in store for you before we get into a bunch of the jazz that's been going on for you? What's been, what's coming up on the radar? Uh, dude, I have no clue. None. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things in the works. Uh, basically, it's kind of crunch time to figure out if I'm going to be following the elites in uh, for this southern swing. Uh, I've been talking to a couple guys, but I don't know if we're going to be able to make it work. Um, there's also potential of me just doing stuff up here. Um, there's yeah, There's just a lot of things currently that might happen might not happen yeah, just go with the flow man i just look at my next week and i go okay that's what i got going on next week um and <laughs> yeah, i just yeah. still got a ton of stuff to edit and like the way i do my invoicing i don't know if i've talked about it before but i do like 50 percent the week before i film it and then i do 50 percent once i'm done with the project so I mean, I, st I still got a ton of stuff to finish. So for me, like, realistically, I could sit at home till the end of October and I'm fine. Huh. But, so, what, so usually, like, what is, what is the usual protocol for that kind of stuff? Is it usually all no up clue. front or is it all at the end? I have no idea. No. So that's just kind of how that's you do it. It's just what I did. I figured I, I just told people, I was like, look, like, I'm starting up. So, like, I need something up front because, like. I need to pay put bills. back out after you. Put yeah. And it's not that I don't trust people. It's like literally like I need to pay my truck bill. I need to pay my boat bill. You know, I, I got to pay rent. So yeah. uh, that's kind of the way I did it. And then with a lot of this stuff I did over the summer for like champions tour, for example, like I'm finishing up their last two events right now, but I've got like probably 30 sponsor videos for them or something like that, that I'm currently working on. Um, and like other stuff for other people too, that was said, like, I'm not going to get to this till like October hmm. and, uh, it was fine. 
So it's, it's good for me. Cause it's like, I can just sit at home and do that in October and I can maybe go out and film one or two things, but I can just kind of finish up work from the summer and work on new stuff. So I'm just kind of at this weird spot of where I just filmed for a month and a half straight. I have a bunch of stuff to edit and uh, I can plan out a bunch more stuff. And it's just, it's just an interesting time, I guess I would say. Well, yeah, somebody in your position for what you do, you can probably have to be pretty flexible. It's not like a what you'd say a stable you know, work week. It's not, especially when it comes to hours, it's no, everything's not at all. Everything's different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, uh, I think I was talking to someone the other day and, um, I was saying like, I probably work like, you know, 60, 70, maybe 80 hours a week now. Um, and that, right? yeah, editing and filming and like, even when I'm fishing, dude, like I went out fun fishing on Sunday for like the first time in a month and a half. Um, that wasn't like tournament practice or me out filming or something like that. So that was fun, but, uh, yeah, I caught him pretty good. Uh, new, lake, new Lake too. But, uh, kind of with that, it's like managing the time is hard. And like, I didn't realize how much time would really be spent on it, but also like, for the last four months, like I've never felt like I've worked. Like I felt like I've just been living my life. Like this is what I've always done. Um, and I just haven't had to clock in and be like, I'm at work. So it's just weird when like in the mail, I open an envelope and there's just money and I'm just like, cool. Like (laughs) just kind of keep moving on. (laughs) Um, that's just kind of where it is, I guess. So when people say like, when you're doing what you love, you never work a day in your life or whatever. Like, yeah, I guess this is kind of what it's like. Cause I, I really don't feel like I've been working at all, but money keeps showing up. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, well, apparently I'm doing something right. Yeah. Do, at any point, have you felt like almost not, I wouldn't say guilty, guilty, but like you felt kind of like I should be doing something, but then you remind yourself that you actually are, you know, quote unquote working. Do you ever kind of like feel guilty about what you're doing? Um, like out for an example, when I worked with Douglas prior to COVID and yeah. my job was event coordination, sales and social media. And I took our Douglas van full loaded with hundred plus rods, drove down to Alabama for the classic. I was getting paid to do all that and work the classic. Yeah. I, I almost felt a little guilty because I'm working this expo. I'm meeting all these people, making connections, having a good time, and I'm getting paid for it. Or almost like I didn't feel guilty, like in a yeah, negative it's way. Just I weird. Felt like I'm like, this is interesting. It's not like I think the the thing you have to wrap your head around is you're getting paid for tasks now, not paid hourly. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, you know, when I when I bill people certain things, I look at how much time it's going to take me, obviously, but um, yeah, it's more task things. So like when you sit down, however long it's going to take you to do that task. So like, I don't know, I might be running errands and doing weird stuff. I've had some weird, uh, boat. Uh, my all tracks have just been a pain in the butt lately. Oh, no. So I've been getting that dealt with, but, uh, so like that, that's work. Like, cause I need my boat. So yeah. it, there's weird stuff like that, but I haven't really felt guilty. The only time I've really felt guilty is like 
say, because as Americans, we're so conditioned to a Monday to Friday work week, right? Yeah. All of my work, almost all my filming happens Wednesday to Sundays. <laughs> That's when people prefer to schedule it. That's when it happens, from my experience anyways. So, like, when I get home from a Champions Tour weekend or something, right, get home Friday night, and then I have to go practice for a tournament on Saturday or Sunday, which is technically work because that's what I do now. Mm-hmm. Like I'll get home on Monday and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to edit. And kind of what has happened is like Mondays and like Tuesday mornings, I would say, have turned into like my weekend. Where mm-hmm. like Mondays, I'll get a little bit of work done. I'll edit for a bit. I'll do some social media stuff. But for the most part, dude, I kind of just lay around and just like chill. <laughs> because there's just so like it's so much traveling and just uh mind always moving and like you there's no like i check in at eight and i'm done at five or done at four right like when i'm filming like i get up at 4 a.m i film until nine and then you know you get dinner i get back i charge batteries like it's literally 24 7 just always rolling and going so when i get home on a monday it's just my day to just lay down and just chill and just be like, all right. Like, so at first I felt guilty about that. Cause I was like, you know, I should be working. It's a Monday, yeah. but I've slowly learned like, no dude, like you need to take a day. Otherwise you're just going to kill yourself. Yeah. So Complete. you're going to take 40 years off your life. <laughs> yeah. So like on Mondays I'll work on like, you know, I'll get started on some projects or if I have like some photos to edit or some stuff that doesn't take like my full mental capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just kind of twiddle with that or maybe twiddle with if I want to do a little 15 second edit for my own social media from some old footage, I'll twiddle with that. But I don't really do much to play COD with Ronnie or watch <laughs> Netflix and hang out. Yeah. Before you joined in the queue on the intro, I said, yeah, we're going to steal some of Adam's uh, Xbox time. And yeah. Fishing. <laughs> yeah no it's fine i'd probably be watching football tonight or honestly editing i got like i yeah. said i got stuff i gotta get done right now is but... that going on right now i totally forgot about that Jeez. yeah Texans, right is that now yeah i was literally at b-dubs with my brother just watching it and honestly it, w- it was just nice to be in a bar with football on like did it, it was you, uh, did they make you uh, chiefs are winning 17-7 did they make you pay for food with your your beer or whatever yeah, yeah. I mean, I well, I was getting dinner anyways. Yeah. Um, you know, Do you guys have that rule? Do you guys have that rule in Minnesota? You have to buy food if you're going to go out to a bar. Uh, well, they like made it a rule that places that are open have to sell food. You don't have to buy food. Mm. Yeah, in New York, if we want, so like, if I go to the bar, I have to buy like a bag of chips in order to buy in order to buy a beer. Yeah, it's the stupidest thing ever. Yeah, so both the bars are just like putting it on your receipt that you ordered food and they just mark it at like 25 cents or they just yeah. don't charge you for it. Yeah. It's, it's just a stupid, stupid rule. Yeah. No, we haven't really had that. It's just more of, yeah, I was going out for dinner, so I didn't really have to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, dang it. It's cool to see football back. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see post tonight, you know, tomorrow to see kind of the analytical stuff of it. Uh, fan-wise, viewership, yeah, uh, see kind of how it did and see 
you know, was it a smart idea? Was it not a smart idea? I mean, I don't Who knows? I'm, I'm glad it's back, though. It's just nice to be back. Yeah. To be able to, like, turning on the Twins or watching baseball, whoever you watch, like, stuff like that. It's just been fun to yeah. at least have that. It still doesn't feel normal, as I'm sure we're all dealing with, but we're no. getting closer. Yeah, um, I, I don't watching. know if we'll ever have a normal again, but... Uh, who knows, dude? I mean, it's it's such a weird situation, especially for us, like with our generation. Uh, you know, we've never seen or encountered anything like this. No, I don't think anyone has. No, I think the closest we've ever come to something like this was the the whole swine flu scare that became nothing. Yeah, well, it sucked. Over. I actually got that. And that you got was, that? Yeah, it really sucked. Yeah, I was at home for like a week. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Good grief. All right. Well, I take it back. <laughs> but it, was, it wasn't as infectious. So that's a whole other topic. But yeah, yeah it wasn't fun. Like, no. it definitely was the worst flu I've had. No, thanks. I'm good. Um, but no, I was like, I was trying to watch playoff hockey when it first came back. And I was like, it just isn't the same. Yeah. I'm, it's I'm just not watching. Yeah. Like, I'm a penguin. Honestly, baseball has been great. Like, did you see what's. Who's, who's the manager that kicked out in the stadium for not wearing a mask and he was the only Oh, no, they the kicked out a GM, and he was, like, up in the stands. I don't know. That was weird, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward to see what happens, what's going to come of it. I mean, I hope by 2021 everything's, you know, back to normal and people are just maybe a little bit more cognizant of, you know, where they're putting themselves out there and being more conscious of their own personal hygiene. Maybe this, yeah. maybe we'll bring some benefit from it rather than, you know, taking yeah. negativity from it. I don't know, but yeah, we'll see. But dude, champions tour. Tell me about it. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. So I'm sure, I don't know if a lot of anglers know what the champions tour is. Um, so kind of explain that. So back like maybe five years ago, I don't know how old the Champions Tour is. Basically, when MLF was a TV show, a series in Minnesota started because Minnesota's kind of always had trouble having big dollar tournaments. Um, Scott Bonema started it. He's kind of just a legend in the area. He's won a lot of money in tournaments. He's really good. And uh, he started this trail of guys um, fishing MLF style in Minnesota and they fish like, I don't remember how many events it was before, maybe four. When they first started, it was invite only. Like they only had 24 people in it. It was invite only. Uh, that year or maybe the next year they had an open. But the open, in order to get into it, you had to be in the top like one or two in point standings in like 10 selected circuits in the state. So I qualified for that open, actually. I was leading angler of the year in the Fishers of Men with my uh, partner, Aaron Knott. So I got to qualify to fish that. And then the championship, you fish for a brand new boat, which in Minnesota, this is the only circuit you can fish for a boat. Hmm. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So what it's turned into now is it's a field of 50 anglers. Um, entry fees are like a grand a piece. Um, they're high dollar payouts are really good it's like twelve and a half thousand dollars for first place uh second place is like i don't remember exactly what it is five or six grand in an all tracks third place is like three grand and you get like a helix too like there's really good stuff in it and they pay out to like 10th uh fifteen hundred dollars so like 
it's good payouts. It's worth yeah. it for them if you like fishing that format. Yeah. And for me, I've always said I don't like fishing that format. I learned that fishing. I fished like two or three of their events. I qualified for that open, fished a different open another year, and just didn't do well. And I just don't really get that jazzed up fishing it. But what's been fun this year is I get to film it. And uh, one thing I will say is these events are a blast to film because for me, you know, the first few hours I just check in with guys who I think will do well. But then by hour two or three, I know who's doing well and I know who's on fish. So you have like a camera boat then? Or are you, cause I saw yeah, you so, a picture today of you bouncing from one back to the other. Yeah. So like Paul Newman, the tournament director, drives me around in one of their skeeters, um, and he'll uh, he'll just drop me off with guys, and I'll, I'll hop in with him. For normally, it's like until the last two hours, I'm in and out of boats every twenty to thirty minutes max, wow. just trying to get in with as many guys as I can and get as much film with different guys because you don't know who's gonna really pull ahead. Um, in Minnesota, you know, you can catch so many fish. Like when Peters won on the river, like I, we knew Peters was going to win with two hours left because Peters had 110 pounds. <laughs> um, and the next place was like 80. But in that first hour, like I filmed Figgy in that first hour. Uh, John Figgy, he's fished the opens and stuff. He's Seth Fighter's partner mm. when he's in Minnesota. He's fished the opens. I'm sure he'll fish the opens again soon. He's a really good stick. Um, but I was with Figgy that first hour on the river. And when I got in with him, I think it was 40 minutes into the tournament. And he looked at me and said, Adam, I've caught a fish on every cast. And I was like, you have 16 fish. He's like, I've made 16 casts. And that's just how long it took. Like, you know, you get a fish in, you weigh it, you put it back or whatever. You might have a penalty, whatever. That's all he made. And then he caught like four more on four more casts right after that. And I was with him. He just kept whaling them. And at 8.15, so it was an hour and 15 minutes into it, he looked at me and said, I have 29 fish for 60 pounds right now, an hour and 15 minutes in. And I was like, oh, my God. And the funny part was Matt Peters, who won the event, was in second, and he had, like, 56 pounds at that point in time. Wow. Like, they were just racing. Uh, they were both on school and fish on the river, basically. That's sweet. So, so yeah, anyways, what the circuit is, is kind of that. So, okay. this last weekend um, was really cool. Or was it this last? Yeah, it was this last weekend. Um, we were up in Grand Rapids for – the Pakegama event, which was the last regular season event. That was, uh, if you saw my social media, I posted a short clip, basically what the weather was like. It was the hardest conditions I've ever filmed in. I'm editing the video right now. And dude, it was brutal. It was blowing, it was blowing 30 sustained all day. Is that the, that clip you put up with Chad? And yeah. So it was blowing 30 sustained with 50 gusts. And um, like, so here's the thing about that. Obviously guys post and they say, oh, you should be on Green Bay or you should be on Erie when it's blowing like that. Well, dude, if it's blowing that hard there, they ain't fishing. Like, no. So the thing about Pakegama is if it blows 30, you can fish. 
it's it's small enough that you can but it's big enough where like we hit legit five footers that day like people over exaggerate waves i'm talking like five footers like legitimate breaking five footers and when you when you're on small bodies of water those waves stack up they don't roll like they do on the great lakes or malax or you know whatever you think of like that where they roll and like you can ride the troughs or you can do whatever when when you're in 30s sustain like that and they get to five footers or and continuous three and a halfs dude they're just backbreakers you just literally we were talking about it the only way to get through them is you either idle with your nose up or you run 40 and if you run 40 all you do is beat the living crap out of yourself and that's what we had to do all day for coverage. And then the other battle with it is, is when it's blowing 30, you know how hard it is to stand on the front deck of a bass boat when it's blowing sustained 30 miles an hour? It's huh. damn near impossible. <laughs> like, that's where if you see that clip of Chad, like, Chad almost getting blown off his front deck. Like, he's not off balance from the waves. He's off balance from the wind. Like, it's like you're a kite. <laughs> so that's what we were battling with that day. It was crazy. That so the nice. footage is really cool. And then the next day, and it was just really tough to film. I got some fish catches, and the video will be good. Um, but I'm really excited for the championship video. Like, if there's anyone in here who wants to see a sick video, that championship video is going to be nuts. Because that whole day... Like, you know when you're in the zone fishing, right? And you know you're making every right decision. Yeah. And you just keep making the right decision. I was in that zone filming. Or like me and Paul were with who to go up to. I always got with people who were catching fish and people who made a charge at the lead. So every person I was with, it was raw emotion. <laughs> so in the last two, basically two hours of that event, three hours, Matt Peters came out of nowhere and got in the lead. And I was with him when he took the lead. And then I got in with Shane Raveling, which Shane is probably the best bass fisherman from Minnesota, um, even including Seth. I mean, Seth's obviously super, super good. But, like, dude, Shane, I looked at Shane at one point when I was interviewing him. I was like, Shane, you excited to fish for a boat? And he's like, yeah, dude, it's always fun to fish for a boat. And I was like, how many boats have you won in your day? And he said, I think eight. <laughs> and th there's two parts to that that are just mind-blowing. Number one, eight boats. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Win eight boats, right? The other crazy part is to say, I think I won eight. Most guys know, like, exactly how many they won. He said, I think. Like, he doesn't even know. He might have won nine. He might have won ten. might have won seven. Doesn't know. Doesn't remember. Wow. <laughs> so I got in with him and he made a charge. And then I was with Peters in the last 30 minutes when he caught his fish uh, to kind of seal it. And Peters is, I love Matt Peters. He's an awesome guy. Um, gotten to really know him well because of this champions tour, really good angler. And uh, he, he's a very emotional angler when he fishes and he talks a lot when he fishes. So he's really fun to film because you can he'll tell you exactly what he's feeling he'll tell he'll yell at me if he's mad at me because i'm asking him questions he doesn't want to answer which i'm fine with because it's good film yeah. yeah so that last 30 minutes is awesome because like 
for me, like I right, I'm here filming this and I'm like, this is sweet. Like I'm getting such good film. And then I step back from it after and I'm like, and in the middle of it, I'm like, I'm watching a guy win a boat right now. Like this is a life changing experience. I'm watching a guy win a $50,000 boat. Like I'm literally in the boat with a guy doing that. And that was super, super cool. That is pretty sweet. Like I'll put that top five fishing memory I'll probably have for a while, unless I get my own big tourney wins and stuff that bumps it out. But yeah, I will forever remember like those. He caught like three fish in the last 30 minutes and every one of them were just like, I could feel my heart almost about to drop through the floor. Like I, there's so much anxiety filming it and not wanting to be in his way and screw it up. And, you know, you just feel like, you know, when like on the elite series, like Seth or whoever, they'll fist bump their cameraman and like be celebrating with their cameraman. Like that was me. And it's such a cool moment to be there for that guy. And like, you're the one guy there for him. Yeah. And he's just like so happy. And it, it was yeah. really cool. That is pretty sweet. And you, you bring up, you don't want to screw it up. What, I'm trying to remember what tournament it was, but it was the elite tournament. A guy was f- fishing boat docks and he went to go. The guy, the cameraman is on the back deck, and the guy brought the fish to the back deck. And when you try to like lift your fish, you hold your rod up, and you got the the rod line caught yep. on the camera. That's got to be like a nightmare for a cameraman. Yeah, but, the first thing I do whenever they get one, and I know it's high tension, I just say, "Where do you want me?" Mm-hmm. I say oh, it every I'm, time, almost like a no matter if they've told me ninety times, I say, "Where do you want me?" Because every fish is different. And you'll see in the in those three clips, every single one I'm in a different spot. Because yeah. like the first one, he took it over to the front, I think. Uh, the second one, he ended up flipping onto the back duck, and like I felt trapped. Because I was like, "Where do you want me?" He's like, "Stay back there." I'm flipping it in onto the back, and I was like, "I do not want to be here right now." <laughs> like yeah. this, this is a fish for a boat, and it's gonna land right by my feet. And I can't touch it. I have to get out of the way. And if it bounces by me and like uh, you, you so much, yeah. I can't do anything. Like I can't, you know, give it a little soccer kick down into the, into the gunnel. Like I can't do that. So yeah. there's so much anxiety with it, but it's so fun. Like I literally got out of there and just looked at Matt when we took a picture at the end and I looked at him, I was like, dude, that was awesome. Like, <laughs> I'm sure you had way more fun than I did, but like I had a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Does this make you reevaluate career plans at all? Uh, no. Still want to go to the elites? Yeah, I, I want to be on the elites. So what? So um, amidst all this, but definitely proves to me that I want to be filming that high level stuff. Cause yeah. like I've filmed stuff now where like, there's not a ton of emotion and stuff and it's fun. It's fine. But like, dude, I sit down to edit these champions tour videos and like, they're so fun. Cause there's just so much emotion. And that's kind of what I like to edit is whether it's a story, um, like a series or, you know, like that. So I'm definitely in the two right fields and, yeah. uh, I know I'll be able to balance it. So, yeah, speaking of the balance, that's one of be one of my questions for you. You know, you're working these crazy weeks, so like hours-wise, you know, where are you going to find the time to, you know, do your tournaments, but also 
not just compete in it, but take the time to practice because I know you're very diligent in your practice and you like to be prepared. You know, where are you going to find the time to do that? I mean, are you going to cancel some projects or, or try to keep your schedule open? How is that going to work out? Um, yeah. So a lot of like this summer, I've had a pretty bad summer tournament fishing, to be honest. I haven't done very good. Uh, and a lot of that comes down to I haven't spent a lot of time fishing myself on the water unless it's just practice, which yeah. like just proves to anyone out there, like if you want to be good, you need to fish. Yeah. And, uh, the only times I've really gotten to fish is practice. So that's kind of been a problem for me. Um, but that's also cause I just started a business. So like I had to get a ton of projects under my belt. So basically the way I look at it is for next year is knowing what my load can be like to handle that. Okay. Um, and along with that is like, I know I need more, I need more social media clients. So like I need more recurring revenue every month where I know I have this set amount of dollars coming in that'll pay for my rent, you know, my boat, my truck, whatever, so that I don't have to push myself to film and edit these things that take a lot of time. Cause like filming and editing takes a ton of time. Yeah. That's what it all comes down to. Um, with social media stuff, I can have all my projects edited go on the road for a week or two and still handle that social media stuff when I get in at night, yeah. like, or even on the water, like it's really not that hard to handle. Um, yeah. And you could take out a chunk of one day and schedule out a bunch of different stuff for mm -hmm. a few days or even a couple of weeks, really. Yeah. Uh, and just schedule it out or like dude on the water too. Like I know all the elite guys and stuff say, oh, they grind all day. But, dude, everyone takes a 15, 20-minute break to sit down and, like, eat and mm -hmm. look at their phone, make a social media post, whatever. Like, that's easy to do, and I can do yeah. that from my boat or whatever. So, yeah. uh, it, honestly, a lot of it comes down to getting those type of clients, um, social media clients, because that, that's really what I need. I need, need, like, four to five of them probably. Um mm -hmm. Cause then I'll be able to be selective enough with my, uh, filming. And that's also where like, I want to get into a little bit more weddings cause those are in the fall. So yeah. And there's a lot of money in weddings. <laughs> uh, so it's just kind of stuff like that. You know, you learn and you, you learn and all that. And I know this summer, th this year for everyone has just kind of been trial by fire. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's the way it's been. I got two events to finish the year that are both pretty big dollar events that I think I got a pretty good shot to win. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to focus pretty hard on those two events. And mm -hmm. then I basically look at the ABT 100 starting in January. And that's where then I set up my schedule to make sure when I'm in Alabama for a week, I'm set up and ready to fish for 25 grand against guys who are significantly better than I am mm -hmm. in Alabama. Yeah. But that all it takes in a one day derby, all it takes is to get lucky. Yeah. So that was going to be something I was going to ask you, but yeah, pretty much essentially what you're trying to say is you you're in your rookie season, you're nearing the end of your rookie season technically. So to come next year, you're going to have a little bit more experience under your belt and you're going to know how to manage your time a little bit easier. Yeah. And I know like what work I want to do, like uh, next summer I might even guide a little more or guide a little bit because I didn't even guide this summer, but I might guide next summer on Minnetonka one or two days a week, just so I'm on the water. And, yeah. uh, 
I get, you know, get a fish a little bit. Maybe if I just let my clients fish, whatever, I don't really care. Um, just doing that for a little bit compared to maybe, uh, some small filming project. Cause with the small filming project, right. I'm, I'm out filming in the morning and then I get home and then a different morning or night I'm editing that footage. So it's two days compared to if I go out and guide, I'm kind of killing two birds with one stone. So that's kind of how I look at that. But I still think with the whole, there's so much value in uh, the filming and editing part of it. Like if I'm going to make a run at the elites, right. In the next four or five years, official opens, I bring so much more value to myself fishing the opens where I can get sponsored dollars and everything. If I'm able to edit my own footage better than everyone else who's doing that. Yeah. And really it's not that hard to do it. It's just, you have to be willing to put in the time right now. Do I have the sponsors paying to do that? No, but you also have to look at, I have to build a foundation of work and say, look, this is what I can do when I'm on the road. If you want to get on board with that, cool. You can sponsor this series while I'm doing this. And then uh, you're kind of on board doing it. Or you travel with a guy, you know, like a Scott Martin or Carl or Brandon or, you know, whoever, name it, uh, that wants to have that YouTube series filmed when you're doing the elites. And then you go do the opens and uh, you get to do that too. And you're traveling with them. Like there's just, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Uh, And that's just the way I look at it, I guess. And I just know there's no good, me getting out of the media realm to focus on fishing is not the way to do it because you can do both. And it really just comes down to how much you want to sleep at night. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Yeah. It comes down to, you know, I think if anything, it's you setting yourself up, well, so that you're building this brand, this name for yourself, so that when you do chase your dream, worst case scenario, you do have this thing behind you throughout your, your career as a fallback, where you're, you've already established yourself as somebody who's good with the camera, good with social media, good in the industry. And then that gives you the, the, comfort, like the ability to be comfortable going after your dream, so that worst case scenario, you have something to fall back on. Yeah. And like, honestly, man, I've started to figure out like, once I catch up with this film or editing, it'll help a lot. But like, I've figured out, I I think I almost fish better when I'm filming. I don't, I don't know why. Um, I don't know if it's like the pressure of you got to catch them or like, honestly, what I think part of it is, is when my GoPro battery dies, I have that five you know two to five minute break of changing batteries getting stuff reset getting ready that's that little mental break Hmm. and you just constantly feel like you're on the go doing it and i I don't know if that's it that helps me but i've noticed it with sam when i fish with sam when i'm doing anything it seems like when i'm filming i fish better and i it might be because i just don't get lazy uh and I, I, I don't know. So you for me, it's just something crowd. I think I need to do. Yeah, you perform better with a crowd. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Which is interesting because I've realized that I am the complete opposite. Where I, I fish okay when I have a camera, you know, rolling. Um, but as you know, I stopped posting fishing videos about maybe a month ago. 
and I am extremely more efficient on the water. I'm not taking time to turn around and talk to the camera, do different things, try to get a certain shot. I'm just honed in on what I'm doing. And I'm a lot more relaxed. And it's, I don't know what it was, but I just, I've never, once I put that down one, I felt a lot more free. And then two, the amount of focus that I had and the ability to dial in what I'm doing. I've not, I haven't felt that ever yeah. uh, to a whole new level. And for me, it was actually pretty sweet. Cause like this past weekend, I, I won the New York state bass champion, bass nation championship. Out of the yeah, congrats on that, by the yeah, way. I I saw that. But that practice, dude, it, I didn't, I did not, I, I built my plan and I went out and I, I, I've been practicing like off and on for probably the past two months. So maybe like once every other week I'd go out and I'd scope it out sort of deal. But the two days prior, I made a strategy and I tried to time out my days and I, I nailed everything. And like some things, you know, they didn't pan out, which was fine, but that was part of the plan is to erase water too. But I was, my mental, what do you want to call it? Zone was at a point that I've never felt before. Yeah. Where I was just so focused I didn't second guess myself whatsoever. You know, I, when I saw things on the graph, I didn't second guess what I saw. I took what I, I had and I evaluated it and it made sense to me. It's, it's like, it's like when you're in like high school math or college math and things kind of feel foggy. And then you have that sudden clarity where it just kind of like makes more sense to you. It was kind of like, it was a weird moment. Like, I don't know what it was to, to explain it, but I put the cameras out of the boat and I could kind of focus more. On what yeah. I was doing fishing wise, I think that was a huge thing for me. I don't know; it's kind of weird. See, and I, I think the difference for me is like when I turn around the camera and I talk to the camera, and I like talk people through it. Like, I end up talking myself into what I need to do. Like, I think I know what I need to do in my head. And when I, you know, I'm a big talk to myself person when I'm in the boat. I talk to myself all the time, but I guess. I think that might be what it is. Like I just sit down and I talk about it and I'm like, Hey, this makes sense. I need to do this. And then you slowly figure it out compared to, um, yeah. I don't know. Some people get logged down by it. And for me, like, I also just look at the proof in the pudding, like dude, last year filming the one from September through October, like I caught more four or five pounders and it's not just cause it was fall. Like, dude, I was crushing them. Yeah, Like there, there's stuff that people didn't see where I went out and I caught 26 pounds mm-hmm. and that was just going out and just testing stuff, doing different things, screwing around to get the content and to push for the goal. Um, yeah. And then, you know, this spring that happened a bit too. And then all the stuff hit and I'm trying to figure out work and like, when I get in the boat practicing, like work stuff comes up and I feel like that's where the battle is for me is when I get out in the boat, if I have that camera on now, I know I'm working and, uh, I know I'm working on my own stuff and that just pushes me even more compared to, I feel like when I've been out in a few tournaments this year, it's almost felt like a break compared to, it needs to be me at high intensity. And uh, that's where I think the problem's been in my finishes this year. Like I've had decent, but like, 
I haven't cashed any big checks. Um, like I'd say one of my better accomplishments this year was like 22nd in the blackfish on Minnetonka on a really tough bite. We caught like 15 and three quarters, hmm. which was like one fish away from getting in the top five. Yeah. But like, I felt dialed then. Hmm. different was I concentrated really hard in that practice to what I needed to do. I was out there for three days, dialed in, didn't think of anything else. Um, with this last tournament on Minnetonka, I had my Ultrex break. I had random stuff going on. I was in and out of the lake. I never got in a routine, like, you know, just stuff like that, that just wasn't good. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I guess kind of talking to the camera is almost like a, a mental to-do list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I like show, I look at the graph and I'm like, yep, those are fish. And I show them those fish and I go, okay, I'm going to go catch those fish. And then I catch those fish and I'm like, it's almost that reinforcement of like, I know what I'm doing compared to, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that does help. And that's where uh, I've never wanted to really be a YouTuber in the sense of when I think a YouTuber, I think of, uh, you know, you do that for your sole income, right? And yeah. uh, you make pond fishing videos, you make random videos, you make a video to make a video. Yeah. What I'm now thinking of, I've talked to Sam about and I've talked about is I, I think I'm going to get my channel going, but my channel will be like maybe a video a week, but it's all going to be series based or if I'm traveling for the ABT 100 or stuff like that, where like, like a B, like a BP's channel. Yeah, yeah. Well, in like series, in the sense of like, I might go fish the Great Lakes for a week, and film that, and then three months later edit it, and you're gonna get a video every Wednesday or whatever of this series for two months, and then that series will end. Hmm. But that's going to be the content on my channel and I can mess with that. Then like I've also ran into the block too of, I don't want to get in the repetition of I'm always editing the same video. That's one thing I hate. Um, There's a lot of great video editors out there who do great things. Mm -hmm. There's certain guys who are really good at changing up their pace. And there's certain guys that you go watch, you know exactly what you're going to get every time. I want people to watch my videos that I edit, whether it's for me or for a client to never know what they're going to get, to always have it be different and be like, who edited that and see it and be like, man, you know, he's got a wide range of what he can do. And in order to do that, I need to be able to mess with film and I hate messing with client film. I want to give them something that I know is really good. So I'd much rather mess with my own film and and mess with that sort of stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. So how soon are you talking about starting this? Like, are you going to do it before you go down to Alabama or? Yeah, it depends. It depends on October. It It honestly depends on October. It depends if I, uh, if I go South to film some elite guys. Um, If I don't, I'm probably going to end up filming a series or two myself uh, in October up here. And then I probably won't put those videos out till January or February. Smart. Um, just because I, I know time I mean. and better viewership, but 
where people are stuck inside the house and need yeah. something to do, so they're spending their free time on their phone or computer. Yeah, and if I'm going to launch a YouTube channel, I'm not going to do it at the worst time of views for viewership for fishing. Exactly. But, like, I have the time to go film these epic videos, right? Yeah. Um, the videos are, and the bites up here are epic that time of year. Like, you can get into crazy stuff. So I might do like two series then. And that's kind of what I'm battling with right now is um, do I have the income where I don't need to go do that and I'll be okay. And I can go film these two or three series and plus they're fun for me. So it'll be a really good refresher for me and then slowly work on those videos from, you know, November through January and then just be able to start posting that. Uh, there's a lot of things in the air. It might not even happen then. Um, I hope it does, but I would think no matter what, when I go to Alabama for that ABT 100 on lay, I'll probably be filming that. Um, and also so that like Sam always says him and I talk about it all the time. I think the best part about filming like series specifically and, um, those type of events is you, you have those memories forever and you can always remember it. You can watch that video. Like I have videos from three years ago that I still watch that we did with team Yukon outdoors that like, I remember those and like, it was awesome. And the videos aren't even very good and it's just like, they're awesome. So I, I want to look at that and be able to go back on that. And, uh, be able to analyze your decisions you made in practice and you just learn so much. It's like watching, you know, you played hockey. I played basketball. Yeah. You play sports. It's like yeah. watching your own film. Like it's so important. Yeah. There's uh-huh. no way you learn. Like guys have a few bad events and they're like, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. My decision-making must be bad, but they have no film to go watch of it. Think of if you have film and you go watch those decisions, then you can see yourself being an idiot. And then you remember that because not only did you make the decision once you watched yourself make the decision. And then next time you're in that predicament, you go, Oh, I'm not going to do this again. Like I remember how this went last time it went bad and you know how to like pull stuff from it. So no doubt. No, that's a great way to look at it. No doubt. So, so now with, with this Alabama bass trail, I mean, how many tournaments is it going to be for you? You know, one is, I have actually have no idea. I know I knew you were competing in it because you mentioned it to me a while ago, but I don't know. You know when does it? You mentioned January as a start, but like how many tournaments is it? When does it go to? Yeah, you know, that's what I do. So it's three events. Uh, starts the first one's on Lay Lake, January 9th. Okay. Um, because of that event, there's a chance I go fish the open on Lay Lake at the beginning of December. Yeah, I saw that get rescheduled, and I was like, maybe I'll go fish my first open and uh, get to test myself there, too, because I don't know. Like, What I always say, this is kind of a side tangent from ABT 100, then I'll get back to that, but what, what I always say is a lot of people argue that you need to win in your own region before you go do this stuff nationally. I agree with that, but I also think, and I could eat my own words in two years saying this. 
I think that if you feel like you're consistent and you know how to get around fish, even if you finish, you know, 10th back home and, you know, back home, that might not be a check, but in an ABT or in a open, you get 20th and that's a good check. If you're able to do that consistently, that's how you get a career. Um, Like I look at Austin Felix, for example, Austin won a decent amount of tournaments back home, but Austin's more of known as dude's perennial top 10 guy. Perennial, he's always there. No matter where you go, he catches them. You look at the Elite Series now, he hasn't won one. I don't know if he's made a final day. Dude's cast a check, I think, every event besides the St. John's this year. He has. Dude just catches them. Yeah. So that's where I look at it, and I'm like, well, it's hard to really tell. Do you have that trait where you can just always go catch them or not? And that's where I kind of want to test that. So anyways, with the ABT 100, the first one will be January. I think it's January 9th on LA. Uh, the next one will be June. I think it's June 4th or something like that on Ufala. It's basically the same week the elites were on Ufala this year, but next year. Um, so I'm excited for that one because I was down there for that event. So I, I kind of yeah. got to see what it looks like. I actually feel somewhat prepared for that event. Yeah, you got Buddy Gross's waypoints. <laughs> I wish. Um, but, no, I know what he was doing, and I know, like, I know what Carl was doing that was really good in practice. I know why that went away. Um, I know what other guys were doing. I kind of got to understand ledge fishing a bit and just see a bit of different things. So that was cool. Um, and then the last one is Gunnersville in November, which this – Elite Series event at the beginning of October will kind of help with that. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be like it is in November, but it'll be similar. And I've been to Gunnersville before, so I kind of get the lake. So I'll be excited for that one. The biggest thing with the ABT 100 is is, uh, like Gerald Swindle, Jesse Wiggins, Scott Canterbury, I think Lee Livesey. Um, there's a couple other guys that are fishing it too, hmm. and it's team events. So like they're going to do really good. Yeah. But I've always said I, I want to fish against the best. So yeah, if you want to make it to that level, you're going to have to fish against them eventually. Exactly. So yeah, m- might as well. Right, that's yeah. the way I look at it. And then might as well make YouTube videos as you're getting your teeth kicked in. So you get a little <laughs> something from it. But yeah. That's sweet, dude. I wish you the best. Pretty excited to see how you do. Excited for you to start the channel. Yeah. So that's pretty now, I'm excited too. Like I said, I've never really thought of myself as a YouTuber. That's more of going to be like those videos are going to be for me. Yeah. And if other people like them, cool. Great. (laughs) Yeah. But those videos are going to be for me so that I can justify like taking a seven day trip to go fish Michigan here on and, you know, like Beta Knock and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. then go up north in Minnesota for six days and just fish lakes that I know (laughs) I have giants in them that I have no reason to go to otherwise and just film that stuff, have it put it out and have those memories, you know, yeah. might as well now I'm 27. So I can't do. 
That's sweet, man. Well, I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see what's to come, and I hope you have a great fall. And obviously, we're going to keep in touch. But, I mean, I, I think you have a lot of potential coming through for you, especially the fall. I hope you can go down and follow the elites around. That'd be pretty sweet. I know that's what you've been wanting to do, and I know you'll learn a lot from it. So, we'll yeah, see what I know. for you, but hopefully, I, hopefully you get the best. I don't know if – I want to do this fall, too, because of the money and learning and everything. But I also look at it, too, in the sense of, like, I've talked to some guys, and, like, budgets are so weird this year with like the fall swing and guys don't know how they're going to do. Yeah. And that's kind of what's hard for guys. Uh, normally in a regular season, they can be like, well, I know I'm going to do well here, here and here. So I'm okay paying a cameraman. Um, so I'm almost looking at, yeah, if I get something to do in the fall, that's going to be sweet and I'll do it. But I'm almost starting to look at 2021 and being like, I'd rather get someone for a full season and have it scheduled a year out, know what it's going to be, and just have it ready, then all of a sudden get booked and be like, well, I'm leaving in two weeks. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's just, it's hard. Yeah, no doubt. Well, it's going to be exciting either way, but we'll see what happens with you. It should be a lot of fun regardless, and hopefully a successful fall. Hopefully things keep slowly or hopefully quicker come back to normal for the both of us across the whole board, but should be interesting, no doubt. But Yeah. What do you have going on in New York this fall? So for me, I got – so this year there's only two Fed events. Uh, the third, the first one got canceled, and that was supposed to be Lake Erie, I think. But essentially, there's only two Bass Fed events. So St. Lawrence River and then next weekend is Cayuga. Uh, and I got second at the river as a co. So I'm hoping I can at least put together a limit of two pounders. And I think that should help me seal the deal for the regional, the top nine, make the regional next fall or next spring. I don't know when that would be. Um, so I'm hoping to do well there. But uh, again, I mean, I've said it multiple times, you know, I do the co-angling stuff to get in the boat where hopefully the boater knows what he's doing so I can learn from him sort of deal. I don't go to try to make money or do anything, but it would be great to, you know, get a limit, get a decent limit and, you know, make that regional regional would be pretty sweet because depending on how you do at the regional, you know, you go to the national and then you can get a boat, which would be, which would be great for yeah, my get family. you out of that kayak. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that, that would be pretty sweet. Um, after that one, I have uh, a team tournament on Lake Ontario, one of the Douglas big money opens on Lake Ontario out of Shimo Bay. Um, and that should be a Can you guys bet. fish Canada or not? I don't think we can fish Canada. But it's we'll see what happens. You know, a lot can change the next couple of weeks. Um, I doubt we'll be able to go to Canada. But either way, Shimo Bay fishes pretty well. Uh, and I've only been hearing chatter that it's going to be an absolute slugfest. So I'm looking forward to that. And then what else do I got? I have a derb. My birthday weekend, a two-day derb, another Douglas tournament on uh erie at the end of october um and that should be a lot of fun hopefully weather permitting we can all go out and that should be like 27 28 pounds to win uh it would be like 60 pounds over the two days to win that one which would be jesus yeah that's what that's what i've been hearing from all the buffalo boys so wow actually 60 pounds is kind of a stretch i think he meant i think he said 50 i don't know why 60 popped in my head because that's a lot 
Yeah, 50, 60 <laughs> is a lot. You're talking 10, yeah. 6. Oh, sorry, I think I'm at 50. That, I got way too ahead of myself there. No, 50, that's what Andy was telling me because Andy's a Buffalo boy. Um, and then November, Andy and I have a couple derbies we're going to have around the Finger Lakes. That should be a lot of fun. should be a slugfest too if we get on them. And then uh, that's pretty much it for the fall unless I do anything spontaneous. And then March, Texas. That's going to be a lot of fun headed down there. I hope for a week prior so I can get some practice in for the national championship and then uh, hopefully do well down there. By the sounds of it, I've been talking to a couple guys already, and they say the way Texas sets up then will be kind of right in where I, in my wheelhouse where I can understand it and know how the fish set up, kind of like how they do in the home lakes here. So top 10 would be cool. Get on the classic stage. That would be awesome. But Yeah, yeah for sure. Where is that kayak event then? They haven't announced it yet, so which is kind of nice because like people talked about it. You know, you can you know have these people coming all over the board that fish nationally, and they can go and practice already, sort of deal. Um, but it's also driving me crazy because I want to start getting my research in. But yeah, it's kind of good that it's not, so I can focus on these tournaments coming up and and not have to worry about it. But now we'll see. I haven't announced it yet, but there's so many lakes in that DFW area. That I mean, who freaking knows? I mean, Forks two hours away. Texoma is like an hour north. They got Ray Hubbard. I mean, I've heard people saying like, as long as it's not Lake Louisville. So apparently, Louisville is really bad. Louisville uh, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll what see. I've, heard. I've never fished Texas before, so I'm excited. Well, it, all I've heard is Texas is a lot of fun from like March through May. Yeah. Other than that, it's not very fun from what I've heard. <laughs> We'll see. we'll see. Hopefully it is a lot of fun. I mean, I'm going to go put in the time regardless, so we'll see what happens. But, man, I wish you the best. Obviously, we're going to stay in touch, but we've been going on for over an hour here, and it's a, it's a late night for me. It's almost 11 p.m. here, so we're going to we're gonna wrap it up. But you got anything last – any last notes that you want to announce to everybody? No, I don't really got anything. Just, I guess, thanks to everybody for support I've had unbelievable amounts of support and that means more than i guess anybody could ever know like when you're doing this all on your own and just jumping out there and the random messages and texts and uh reposts and stuff people saying it's sweet like that's what keeps you going like if no one does that you're just like well i suck so (laughs) well there's nothing good here yeah exactly you know it's nice to get the feedback and i really appreciate that from everyone and i can be really hard to reach now apparently because my phone doesn't stop ringing or anything but i do my best to get back to everybody mr famous over here no (laughs) (laughs) next thing you know you're going to be a a btl common guest you're going to upgrade from the serious angler podcast. <laughs> if that's the case, then I'm probably doing pretty good on the elite series. So I'd be more happy with being on the elite series then. And I'd be still, I'd be coming back here all the time. So yeah, man, you're, you know, you're always welcome. Obviously we mentioned earlier is that you're, you're easily, I think, yeah, you're by far the, the guest who's been on the most is what the fourth. <laughs> yeah, fifth? I think so. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're already losing count it's like uh, it's like the dude with the boats we don't even know anymore <laughs> yeah like shane <laughs> <laughs> that's funny dude but dude I, I appreciate it thanks for taking the time out we'll talk soon but uh keep slaying them keep grinding keep it up thanks appreciate man it. appreciate it have a good one all right dude take care all right guys hope you guys enjoyed that podcast adam is always 
always a pleasure to have on Adam's good people. He's somebody that you want in your corner, no doubt. Not only is he an absolute hammer, but he's a grinder. He was willing to put the work in, and uh, he's a good person off the water. So that is a, a huge deal to me, and that is the reason why he's somebody who's always on the show, uh, and he's always willing to come on. He he's sometimes he, he talks about it. He goes, dude, I want to be on a panel. He goes, dude, I want to talk about this, this. And like, it's it's cool to see that because it's cool to see people who want to come on. And uh, it's cool to see what we're doing here at the podcast. And uh, Adam is a big reflection of that. So thank you to Adam. He's been a huge help with the show. Um, and uh, it's good to have him on. He will, It's definitely not the last time he'll be on here. He'll be on here for as long as his podcast will remain active. So thank you guys again for watching and listening. Thank you to our show sponsors. I appreciate all of you for your help. And uh, we'll see you guys next time on Monday Night Live. Tune in.